This is Dr. Marnie Peterson, and I have recently become the Antimicrobial Stewardship Outreach Coordinator for a new and exciting project focused on antimicrobial stewardship. This project is being launched today, July 20, 2016, by the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. A component of this project are the podcasts that I will be hosting several times per month with global experts in the field of antimicrobial stewardship and antibiotic resistance. Today, I am speaking with Dr. Michael Osterholm about the launch of the project and, importantly, the global concerns related to antibiotic resistance. Dr. Osterholm is a Regents Professor, holds the McKnight Presidential Endowed Chair in Public Health, and is the Founder and Director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. Mike, as the Director, can you explain why the Center decided to develop a new project focused on antimicrobial stewardship? Well, first of all, just taking a step back and looking at the big framework of public health issues before us today, there really are two disease areas that represent what we would consider pandemic potential diseases. Uh, one is influenza and the concern that we have about the next human pandemic and our lack of preparedness for that. And our center has done a great deal of work in that area. The second area, though, is a more insidious kind of pandemic, you might say, and that is really the ever ever-increasing issue of antimicrobial resistance globally and the fact that uh, it really is on a march around the world in many different ways in terms of different organisms, different mechanisms of resistance. So this was a natural for us to get into this area because it not only involves the science of antimicrobial resistance and how we slow that down and how we respond to it, but also about the policy. Much of it really relates to policy. So this was really a natural for us, and we were very fortunate that uh, Merck has provided us unrestricted support to put this effort together. We will be enlisting others for support in the future, and what we want to do here is create a current comprehensive and authoritative resource for this that uh, uses already existing resources from around the world in a one-stop shopping kind of location, and then adding additional value-add kinds of activities that will help those who are working in the area of antimicrobial stewardship to uh, ever increase the, their effectiveness in their work. How important is antibiotic resistance, and how do you think it will impact human health in the future? Well, antimicrobial resistance uh, involving the bacteria, antibiotic resistance, uh, antiviral resistance, and antiparasitic resistance, um, such as we think about with malaria, are all growing problems, but not problems that are new. In a very fascinating paper that was published in April of 2012 in Close One by a group of uh, researchers from McMaster University and other centers, they actually looked at uh, microbes that had been recovered from the walls of, the, of a cave in the Delaware basin of the Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico in 1986. These caves had formed over 4 million years ago and had never once seen human or animal activity until they were entered uh, by this group. And at that time, they sampled the microbes on the walls of these caves, and lo and behold, they found substantial resistance to natural antibiotics like penicillin, but they also found resistance to newer man-made antibiotics that did not even exist in human use until the second half of the 20th century. And this just proves the point that microbes have been competing for space and nutrients since the beginning of time, and that they themselves created their own antimicrobial agents to compete against their, their fellow bacteria. Um, so that we really have been in a race with evolution over antimicrobial resistance uh, since the very first life forms on Earth. 
What happened, however, though, in the 20th century with the discovery of, of antibiotics, first of all, and their use in the uh, treatment of human disease and animal diseases, we saw an acceleration of that uh, evolution with pressure now added from the extensive use that we have. And in fact, it's of note that Sir Alexander Fleming, the discoverer of penicillin, said more than 70 years ago that the thoughtless person playing with penicillin is more responsible for the death of the man who finally succumbs to infection with penicillin-resistant organisms. I hope this evil can be averted. So even with the very use, first use of antibiotics, people saw that this was a problem. So today, however, because of the extensive use of antibiotics around the world, um, we now have so accelerated the evolution of resistance that we have far outstripped any ability that we have to come up with new um, antimicrobial agents, and we all know that there's a drought in that area. But on top of that, it's come to the time with accelerating resistance. So the, one of the only ways that we can help slow this down is to really uh, prioritize antimicrobial stewardship, where we're using antimicrobial agents only for their right purposes in the prevention or treatment of human and animal diseases that actually match up with the public health needs and at the same time uh, spare the evolutionary pressure of uh, increased use that's unnecessary from actually playing an ever-increasing role in the resistance development. Can you provide more detail on the project, some of the specific outreach strategies and formats that you have detailed on the website? Yes, and this project really will be a very comprehensive website web-based effort uh, housed on the CIDRAP website and will capitalize on the antimicrobial stewardship work done to date. Um, Dr. Christine Moore, who is a medical director of CIDRAP, is the project director, uh, involves our entire team, including yourself. And what we actually uh, have identified are a number of key components that will be part of this uh, antimicrobial stewardship project. First of all, we've enhanced our new storage coverage of antimicrobial resistance stewardship issues. CIDREP has an extensive news service already that's very popular and picked up regularly by outlets around the world. And we will now be covering on a routine basis stories related directly to antimicrobial stewardship and antibiotic resistance. We'll be providing extensive bibliographies organized by urine categories so that someone wants to do research in this area, they can come and get current comprehensive information if the direct links to this topic area. We'll have a listing of online resources such as courses and government and academic websites. It's not our job to reproduce what's already been done and done well. What we will do is put it in one place so someone that can actually come and find the world's resources in this area and we'll keep it current so that it will be updated literally almost on a daily basis. We have one whole effort on Meet the Experts, which is podcast is part of We'll be putting together podcasts and webinars, and these will feature conversations or presentations by uh, uh, experts, including our advisory committee members, uh, who are an active part of this work. Our advisory committee uh, is made up of 13 individuals who are a remarkable group of highly qualified and well-known individuals in the area of antimicrobial stewardship. Uh, for example, in the last 13 or in the last three years, they've published over 100 articles in the area of antimicrobial stewardship and represent expertise in a wide range of pertinent fields uh, related to this area. Uh, we will also have a policy updates on legislative initiatives and new guidelines, such as the recent CMS requirements for Medicare-funded hospitals, that will be all kept current. Uh, we'll have a monthly poll, which will ask one or two questions pertinent to antimicrobial stewardship for viewers to respond to and the viewers will be able to automatically see all the responses in the poll so we can gauge, in a sense, how our colleagues are responding or dealing with issues. 
Uh, we will have conference summaries where we will actually be attending meetings uh, of importance related to antimicrobial stewardship and antibiotic resistance and uh, report back to the audience about those meetings. We will also have an online journal club, which will be a combination of an online forum and Twitter. And on at least a quarterly basis, we'll summarize journal articles in a blog post format and ask people to comment on the article's importance and or issues via the website or via Twitter. Um, and then finally, we will have an active um, social media outreach where we'll engage people through Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and others so that we can make sure that people are having the kind of active push of information that they want and only what they want, but it'll be there. And so like a newspaper where you don't read it one time and put it down and never read a newspaper again, we want this site to be fresh, current, comprehensive, authoritative, such that you'll come back to it often if you're working in the area of antimicrobial stewardship and dealing with the issues of resistance. You've engaged with an international team of thought leaders to guide the Antimicrobial Stewardship Project. What kind of global strategies do you feel are needed to adjust, address the challenge of antibiotic resistance? Well, let's make no mistake about it. Antimicrobial resistance and uh, antimicrobial stewardship are global issues. While we surely are concerned about what we do here at home, wherever that home may be, it really is a global issue. Think of it like climate change. If we were only dealing with greenhouse gases in one or two countries, we could not deal with the global issue. Uh, just, just to give you some numbers for thought here in terms of that issue, uh, while these are crude estimates of antimicrobial use, in the United States last year it's estimated that we used somewhere in the neighborhood of about 40,000 tons of antibiotics uh, overall for humans and uh, animals. And that when you put this all together, uh, that combination surely sounds like a lot. But when you understand that last year in China it was 81,000 tons were used for people, another 81,000 tons for animals, and they exported over 88,000 tons for use in people and animals to other countries in the world. Um, China far dwarfed any use that we had here. It also holds true in terms of just thinking about population. The United States, Canada, and Europe combined have 860 million people, only about 12% of the world's population, so that if this is a uh, efforts centrally located only in the U.S., Canada, and EU, we will not cover most of the world. Uh, the BRIC countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, uh, uh, collectively have 3.9 billion people and uh, far, far, again, exceeding our population. So we must make this an international effort. And one of the things that this project will be working on is in an attempt to help bring that uh, kind of international recognition in response to that. We need, in a sense, like an intergovernmental panel on climate change, which is addressing that issue, we need the same kind of global leadership on antimicrobial stewardship and antimicrobial use. And so our effort will really be uh, a central focus in trying to help bring that about. It often also takes the concern and awareness of the public around an issue such as antibiotic resistance to create change. What kind of content and approaches are you taking to engage with the public related to this issue? 
I, that's uh, really a very critical point. Without the public's backing, we can have the best science in the world and still have weak and ineffective policy. And so there really is an educational component that's needed to have individuals understand why the overuse or misuse of antimicrobial agents actually is deleterious to their health in the long run. It's not just a, a function of, well, I'll just have one treatment here, it won't matter. Uh, collectively, those do add up and only make the problem more difficult to address. And our site will actually have materials on there that will also be use, uh, of use by the public for educational purposes. And uh, we encourage anyone and everyone who deals with antimicrobial, uh, whether it's the uh, citizen in the community, whether it's the physician and nurse in the clinic or hospital, or whether it's the policymaker in Washington, D.C., whether it's the pharmaceutical industry, they all must be part of uh, the response to this. And uh, uh, this is what we really try to encourage. Well, thank you, Mike. I will be continuing to host regularly scheduled podcasts related to antimicrobial resistance with thought leaders and experts in the international level. These podcasts will be available at the CIDRAP website at www.cidrap.umn.edu. Thank you, Mike. Thank you.